Travel fam, it's your main man, Just GQ, and you are tuned in to another episode of The Travel Guys, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. We are really excited, get excited, so excited about today's episode because it is one that you guys have been asking for, you have been clamoring for, and we are going to give you the Tulum Guide today. So we will get into it, but first, you know we got to go through the little bit of housekeeping that we do. So welcome to all the new listeners, and if you have not subscribed to the Travel Guys podcast, please do so. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, please follow us on social media, on Instagram at GQ50, at The Travel Guides, and on TikTok at The Travel Guides as well. Now let's go ahead and get to what's in the news. So for what's in the news, we are obviously inching towards the end of this year, and that brings people scrambling to try to figure out what their status is going to be. Now, a lot of the airlines have given people grace as far as maintaining their status for another year, and they allowed, they didn't penalize you for not being able to travel or not feeling comfortable in traveling in 2020 during the Panasonic that we are in. However, (laughs) typically, people will go on in end of year status runs. And this was a concept that I just wanted to highlight because I'm not sure how many people have heard of these or or know about them. I think typically you will, I know in my history, I have found if I was, let's say, you know, for for to maintain A-list status on Southwest, for instance, you have to fly 25 one-way legs a year. And so if I was down one, I may book a super short trip, like maybe going from Chicago to Cincinnati, Ohio, or to Columbus, because I guess that's that's an actual um, route that that exists. I would book that. It might cost me a hundred bucks round trip or one twenty or whatever, and then I I would go and just call one of my friends that was there and stay for a couple of days and then come back. And that would be you know, and then I have my status and I would have been able to see a friend and that's fine. However, a status run specifically is basically a flight to nowhere. (laughs) It is as if I did not have a friend in Columbus and I would fly from Chicago to Columbus, get off the plane, get right back on the plane and come back to Chicago and then just satisfy my, my two legs that I needed to maintain in one day. And so this is just something that you can keep in mind. You know, obviously that's this is a, a year on year type of situation and status is something that like you just really don't want to let go. It's very difficult. <laughs> it's very I've been a commoner before and it is very you don't want to go back. It is very it is very tough to deal with that dynamic when you don't and I, I, this is coming from somebody I got to renew everything next year. My TSA, my global entry, my everything. I got to get all that renewed next year. So and I'm it is high it's top priority for me because I don't want to take my shoes off when I'm going through security. I mean, who want to do that? And I also don't want to have to remember to check in. <laughs> and that is one of the perks of having status as well as you know you get a lot of you get you get a lot of 
preference and a lot of privilege, to be all the way honest, where you are getting given first pass on a lot of on a lot of deals, a lot of specials or, that they may be running. Um, and then obviously you have more flexibility with the airline because they know that you are loyal to them. So just something to keep in mind for when you for your travels in 2021. The second piece for what's in the news is a bit on the somber side, and I want to shout out Chris, my, my homeboy, for bringing this to my attention. But there was in Australia, there was a woman who fell off a cliff and died while she was trying to take a picture in in Australia. She was trying to take a selfie, and so this made me think back to early in, in the Travel Guys days. I believe it was in it was in the first season, and when we were just discussing some, uh, one of the items that was what that was in the news, and and there was a an article a few years back that said more people died from taking selfies than from shark attacks. So I just, you know, we live in the Instagram era, obviously. Everybody goes on vacation. And while pictures are not, let me back up because not everybody goes on vacation. So I don't want to do that because going on vacation is something that it is a privilege. It is something that should be held in high regard. However, we are trying to get people to go see the world, and when people are traveling, whether they are abroad or whether they are domestic, picture taking is not something that is new. I think it is presented to us in a new way because Instagram is new, because Facebook is new, social media is new, all this stuff. However, people have been taking pictures since before Polaroids. You know, what I mean, people were in the dark room getting it in, and just so they could see, they had to wait three weeks to see <laughs> to make sure they had a good picture but they were definitely getting flicks back then as well so this is nothing that's necessarily new i think the way that we share those pictures is new though so when you you know you want to get the dope shot however it's not worth your life like that like you got to be careful and cautious and utilize and i, I don't know the the details of this woman's tragic death but what I will say is just common rule of thumb, like use, don't put your life in jeopardy for a hundred, five hundred, a thousand likes because people are going to keep scrolling, you know, and that is just something to, to keep in mind. We need you here. We need you to see the world. We need you to use common sense to make sure that you are avoiding some of these dangerous situations. Life is dangerous enough. Life is dangerous enough. You do not need to increase any type of probability of tragedy that is just my word to you so what is on my mind transitioning what's on my mind is new year's and i have you know i told you guys before like i kind of got stiff-armed by my parents and just we're not really really stiff-armed i just wanted to respect i could hear caution i could hear nervousness in their voice and in their voices. And so I, I just decided to, you know, take a step back and just and respect the feeling that I was getting and and, uh, and just kind of do my own thing this this holiday season. And so as I think about New Year's, New Year's is always uh, an, an out of the an abroad opportunity. And it has been. And so trying to figure out where to go. So I, I've heard of a lot of different people who are going to be going elsewhere. And we have 
John, who was on Firesides with the Travel Guys earlier in the year, and so you guys have heard from him, but but John Robert has moved down, he's at the John Robert on Instagram, but he has moved down to Tulum, and so he'll tell talk to you a little bit about how to travel and, and how, how that has been, like living in Tulum, but he's also traveled to Guatemala and to Jamaica as well, and so those are two countries that are on my radar, Costa Rica is as well, but I know some people are going down to Grenada, I know people are going to St. Thomas. Like I know there's a lot of people who are going to Turks and Caicos. Like there's just there's a there's a, a, a plethora of I of islands and a lot and, and of places, countries that are open to us where people will be going. So I think that's just something that I will continue to talk to y'all about because I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do. I also have told y'all I am in need of a new passport as well. And we know that that is a four to eight week process. So I want to make sure that I'm not cheating myself in 2021 by being on standby, no pun intended, in 2020 for something that's not going to happen. You feel me? You feel me. So we'll, I'll be TBD. I will let y'all know. Obviously, you guys will be, have a front row seat and front row ear to everything that, that I am doing this holiday season. So I wanted to get through what's in the news and what was on my mind so we could get to the main event because this is a good one. This is a good one. Tulum is obviously one of the hottest destinations of 2020, and you guys are going there in droves. So who better to talk Tulum than the de facto mayor of Tulum in 2020 or in the second half of 2020? And that is John. And John has really turned lemons into lemonade, which we'll talk through. He he lost his job during the, the COVID layoffs, but then was able to move to Tulum and really find peace and to find his purpose and to and to honestly find business down there as well. So he has really acclimated himself into the culture down there. And he is also a friend if y'all are going down to Tulum. So y'all can holler at him and he can hook it up. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of The Travel Guides. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Okay, John, Hello? can you hear me? Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we good. Okay, my bad, man. I, I'm a virgin to this stuff, so. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Clubhouse is a new uh, a new platform for most of us, but I'm glad that you were able to we were able to figure it out and able to to get it in. So for for those of you guys who who didn't hear me before, this is the Travel Guys podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. And this has been by popular demand. Obviously, Tulum is one of the hottest destinations in quarantine and we have been trying to get the get the information together but you know i had to reach out to my frat uh john who who has become the de facto mayor of tulum and so john i appreciate you you know coming back to the podcast yet again absolutely man uh uh, glad to be here and you're actually in tulum now right I am in Tulum right now, so if I go in and out, just know that's my Tulum Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Now we had this is the second time this year that you've been on the on the pod. We talked before, and you were talking about uh, you know just how just kind of how the how COVID had had hit you, and how not not like uh, the actual illness, but just the the effects of it um, and then you just really were able to turn lemons into lemonade and start popping down to Tulum so I, I just uh, before we jump into it 
I would I would love if you could just give a reintroduce yourself to uh, to the listeners because we are recording this for the pod, but also for the people in the room. So hello everyone. I am Jonathan Robert Curry, also known as the John Robert. I hail from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I fell into this black travel world just by accident, and uh, I'm here to stay. Um, but I've been a professional in, in a hotelier for the last 13 years, off and on for Marriott and Hilton. And like most people in the industry, I was furloughed in March of this year. Um, moved, packed all my stuff from Orlando, Florida. Um, Living in Atlanta for three months, so I was there. In Georgia, when Ahmaud Arbery was shot and killed, I was there literally down the street from the Wendy's. When that incident happened, I was down the street when they uh, got to the Morehouse student and the Spelman student. So just a lot of trauma was being viewed. Uh, uh, just a lot of stuff was happening, right? Losing your job, COVID, the pandemic that's been plaguing the U.S. for the last 400 years called being black in America. Um, so it was just a lot. And so I came to Tulum once it opened, like maybe the first, the second week it opened. Um, went on a one-way ticket, basically trying to figure out, like, okay, if I like it, I'll stay and hang out a little bit. And I guess I still like it because it's been six months now and I'm here still. And it's been an absolutely amazing experience for me. I got down here, met my business partner, and we started a yacht club company, which is the only black-owned yacht company in the Tulum, Playa, Akimel, um area. And so that's kind of taken off for us. We just did an expose for Travel Noir last week, um, and we actually are currently sitting right here next to a Forbes contributor who's going to do a story on us this week. So it's just been absolutely, literally lemons into, into like, lemon drops. <laughs> Because uh, you need some alcohol for all the bullshit that's happened. So <laughs> it's been an amazing year. So grateful. 2020 has definitely doesn't owe me anything because it's allowed me to live out my dream. I'm the poorest I've ever been in my entire life. And I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. That's it. And, uh, and I, I'll take that. <laughs> that's a very that's a real that's a real word man and i mean you have just really been able to to flourish and um you know and i i think it's can you talk a little bit about because you mentioned having building a company out of basically just like seeing the opportunity and going and getting it and capturing it which is something that i know speaks to a lot of people uh, people's aspirations um but can you just talk a little bit about what went into the decision to go down to Tulum and then to move to Tulum and then how you've been able to acclimate within the culture? Yeah, I mean, so when I first got to Tulum, um, the good thing for me is the week before I came to Tulum, uh, my brother said tripping, he came down and he had connected me with a guy that he just saw on social media that was living in Tulum. So I hit him up, that became my boy, his name's Carmichael. And I was like, hey, bro, I hear you in Tulum. I'm coming down. He was like, cool, just hit me up when you get here. Let's link. So my first day, I linked up with him. We got drinks. And he had met two other black men who were down here that were expats, just kind of like getting away from the States. So he invited them to come with drinks. So it was just four black men in Tulum with different backgrounds and stuff like that, just all here. Um, come to find out that would end up being the relationship that started Yacht Club Company. So that was became my business partner. Um, so I'm really in the business with someone I've only known for six months, but also that became my tribe. So when I got to Tulum, I ended up instantly having friends. So like that first 
that first two weeks, like we we hung out almost every single day. This group of people, um, and so it kind of just made it easy, you know. Um, and then we started watching as more black people came into Tulum, which was like, it was like somebody, I remember posting on my Instagram, I don't know who told everyone there's a family reunion, but I'm here for it. <laughs> and it was just like the floodgates had opened. So getting acclimated was really easy because I was able to find my tribe, like really the first my first day and then just had good solid people that I was able to rock with and uh, even start a business with. So that wasn't really hard. Um, I don't know any Spanish, so that was a little bit of a challenge, but there's a lot of people who speak English. Um, so it's easy to get around if you don't know Spanish because I'm living here. Right. Um, and I just found the people, the culture to be really just warm and inviting to, um, I found the people in the culture to be warm and inviting. And it was funny, my first day, he was like, you should move here because they don't have any racism here. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a very interesting way to start a conversation. Right. Um, and so I'm not naive to believe that there's not racism here. Uh, but just the idea of not having 400 years of systematic oppression and a system that's designed against a group of people does not exist here. And so uh, Tulum has some tons of opportunity, tons of places that still need to be filled in, and they're very welcoming to black people here. Um, and so like, I would encourage a lot of people, if you have the capital of a place to invest, because Tulum is only going to continue to explode. Now American hotels are coming here, which is going to change the landscape tremendously. And so that just lets you know that this is good ground to invest in and also just like, you know, start a business if you can. Because the one thing I realized is that coming from a capitalism society, when you come to a country like this, there's a lot of opportunity if you're willing to just like invest in yourself. Um, and that's kind of what I'm doing now, you know? That's why I'm okay making not as much money as I used to make because I realized that what I'm doing now is going to build generational wealth and, you know, create something that my children's children can have. That's a real word, brother. Like, come on, generational wealth. I think that's, you know, that, that resonates with a lot of folks, well, a lot of the Travel Guys listeners because that's something that we all aspire to. So I cannot commend you enough. I'm, I'm super proud of you, man, just for just for taking a chance on yourself, betting on yourself and going in and making it happen. Um, I know a lot of people here want to hear about like what to do in Tulum. And obviously you have the, the VIP experience as you are the mayor of, of Tulum right now. Um, but before, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, traveling during COVID. So I think like speaking personally, you know, I've been to Aruba, to DR, I've traveled a little bit domestically, but I've picked my spots and have definitely not been moving around in, you know, where at home um, when I'm not, traveling. So I think that I would just be curious to see, um, you know, what what your thoughts are, knowing that America is the worst in the world as far as COVID is concerned. And so a lot of places are uh, more uh, they're doing they're taking more more steps to, uh, to to more precautions around around COVID. And I recall in our last and when we did Fireside Lives with the Travel Guides, the title was I'd rather catch the Rona in Bali than Baltimore. And it seems like that has really come. That's really taken shape. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, travel for me is like this. It's a pandemic. So that means there's nowhere in the world that you can go that you're not going to be affected by, by it, you know, and that that's including going to the grocery store. That's going to the post office. That's, 
you know, I lived in a 22-story high-rise building in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so there's people coming in and out of that place every day. So if I literally did not leave my apartment but did Instacart and went to go get the mail, I still am at risk because people get in that elevator, touching that button, that button's not being wiped down. Um, it's a small space. There's not air circulating through that. So, I mean, the risk is everywhere, right? Um, and the risk is also different in the U.S. from a standpoint of just when you look at um, socially, you know, a lot of other countries and um, can, and origins and people, like, are about community, right? And so they will do things for the community because, like, we're like, if I ain't affected by it, then I don't really care. And so I think it's also differently from a culture standpoint when you have people storming a capital to go get a haircut versus that care people are just like, okay, this is what we need to do to save grandma and XYZ or just so we can go back to being able to have jobs, right? And so I think that's a cultural a cultural difference as well. But I just, you know, I've been traveling safe. One of the things that I tell people is that you have to be responsible to your community. Um, so you, if you know that you live with uh, grandma and them, you know, it may not be best for you to travel right now. You might need to hold off because you live with someone who's high risk versus right now I'm a single person. I don't have any responsibilities. I don't live with anyone but myself. Um, so I know that if I go somewhere and contract it, I can sit down for 14 days and not have to worry about, you know, giving it to anyone else or, you know, creating uh, outbreaks somewhere. Um, so I think it's a little different, you know, person to person. Um, and so I think you have to be responsible to your community of people and whoever that group of people um, that you spend the most time with. If there's a person who's at risk, then I would advise you to, to you know, make some wiser decisions. However... If you're in the U.S., your probability of getting COVID is much higher than it is anywhere else in the world. So why not take a vacation? <laughs> no, that's that's very real. And that's I think that's that's perspective that a lot of people don't have, because I think there's this American bias of that America is always doing things the best or doing things first or or whatever. And that's totally false in this case, as we round the 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 turn on 15 million COVID cases, uh, you know, spiking continuously going into the holiday season. Um, has there been have there been any types of have there been any experiences where you felt more at risk than um, than others? Um, for me, no, because I've so since COVID, I've went to Guatemala, Jamaica, been chilling here in Tulum. Um, the most at risk experience in, in Atlanta, to be quite honest with you. I believe it. <laughs> Which I was like, why are we here? Like, I gotta go. I can't do this. Like, get me out of here. This is a cesspool of people just no mask, passing hookah around. Just like, you know, it was just, it was a mess. So hey, the hookah was, stays out in the A, bro. Like, it's like, it's crazy. That's why I like the memes. They say, put the vaccine in the hookah. So <laughs> nobody leave it. <laughs> that's real. That's real. So without further ado, man, I I just want to give you the floor so you can talk through, you know, give the guide to Tulum. Like, what are the things that people need to what people what things do people need to do? Um, Obviously, like, you know, you fly into Cancun and then I know popular opinion is renting a car and driving down, even though there are buses and whatnot that will take you down to Tulum. But like. How long should how long should people stay? Like what what sites should they see? I know for me personally, I wanted to go to the jungle gym. I'm probably gonna let it cool off now because 
you know everybody is has been at this point but um you know what what are the what's the what's the down and dirty like what should people do when they go to tulum so here's the thing tulum is i'm trying to find a good word for it tulum is like uh you you know those little chinese dolls that like you pull one up and there's another one underneath it right <laughs> that's what tulum is the nesting I dolls like people, i feel like some people everyone comes and like does the same exact thing um so everyone goes to rosa negra everyone goes to taboo if you come to tulum i encourage you to at least go to one of those places because they are jumping but tulum just has so much other things to offer as a content creator tulum is like a content heaven um i have yet ran out of the day where i could actually make content because there's so many untapped things as far as like hotels and just different experiences um we just got done with art week um two weeks ago so like there was like tons of like art pop-ups and things like that so there's always tons of things to do in tulum it's just what you're looking for i'll tell you a lot of people have come here thinking tulum is miami and they're looking for a club where they can go dance and bop that thing that's not tulum's vibe um i would say we're more of a like day party kind of vibe um at the beach like good music you're gonna get a lot of house music just so you know but i have noticed from my first day to now a pivot as they're starting to play more music that you know lends towards um our ears as black people um so like i remember the first time i went to like rosa negra and i heard city girls i was like okay this is like getting real <laughs> getting real like this is not you know like just um okay we're gonna play like an old Kanye West genre right we giving you right in the culture city girls yeah. I listen to city girls like you know <laughs> um so like there's just so many vibes I think it just depends on what you're looking for and I tell people because I live here when you live somewhere it's a very different experience than like traveling for a few days I say you need at least four days in Tulum um i believe that you could fill four days with different things uh go to the ruins you know spend a day at the beach there's over 300 cenotes in the tulum area uh for those who don't know what that is that's like the water holes that are made naturally um through eroded limestone so like it could be uh and you can dive in those right yeah you can you can dive in some of them are shallow enough where you can stand in them um, a lot of them have like fish in them or turtles and stuff like that. So there's so many different experiences that you can like tap into as it relates to. You could literally spend a whole you could literally spend a whole day and do nothing but cenotes and like not even touch the surface. Um, so it's just a lot of different things. Um, Tulum is big on eco friendly and found it to be for me like a place of like refuge to get away from like all of the rigmarole or all the drama of being american or being black in america um and so that's what i'm using it for yes i've turned up um but i just found it as like a peaceful place um so i really say tulum will be what you make it um but those who are looking for turn up you definitely want to go to taboo you want to go to rosa negra um i would go to taboo like one to five do that day party vibe 
you have to uh, get a yacht in Yacht Club Company. Of course, I got to plug my own business, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, if you have, because obviously, I think boat days are are a must if you're near any any major bo- uh, body of water. So definitely, I, I love that. That's the uh, the opportunity that you've chosen to to move forward with. I think we've seen a lot of the. Um, the the pictures you know obviously like the popular hotspots the the hugging arms that looks kind of like uh um what was that that movie uh moana where it was like mother earth was coming to was coming to life um so people call it the raw love statue or the aha statue okay it that and that's so like are all of these areas like you got the jungle gym you've got that statue you've got um, you know, the ruins, like, are all of these close in proximity or are they, are they, uh, you know, is it, are they each a day trip? So the funny thing is that that statue is like right next to the jungle gym. Um, so like to get to the jungle gym, you have to actually pass that statue. So they're okay. really right next to each other on the beach. That's what I was thinking. Um, so that's cool. That's easy. The ruins are not far at all. Like the Tulum ruins are off the beach, but they're on the opposite end. They're close to the public beach side. Um, so, I mean, you could literally do all that in one day. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking that the, I actually thought that the, that the, um, that the statue was the entrance into the jungle gym, just because I would see people posting those in the same, in the same day. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That they're pretty yeah, close. It's not, it's, it's not the entrance. You still have to like go to the beach and walk up a, a, a little distance, but um, it's about ten a ten minute walk on the beach. Okay, okay. So, how have you seen Tulum change? You mentioned like city girls, but obviously Tulum has kind of has had a snowball effect where it was the only place where people knew to go. And I would, I mean, I personally would say, like, you and Sed helped to set, set Tulum off. Um, so, yeah, shout out, shout out to, to the homie Sed. But I think that, you know, you've seen kind of the, the trajectory of Tulum change, where it's, where it's been a few people knew about it, then, like, other people were dipping a toe and wanted to come and check it out. And then now, obviously, it is the hottest destination in of 2020 uh, with with hundreds of people going a week. So can you speak to a little bit of the evolution that you've seen with Tulum? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been great. Like when I first got to Tulum, you know, being a traveler, it's always fun when you see black people in spaces that are not normally where we are. Like, you know, you know, so like. Tulum is not necessarily a place that is known for a lot of black people. So when I first got here, every black person I would see, I would speak to them like, hey, what's good? Like, how you doing? Where you from? Right. And so um, as the days and weeks would progress, it started to become a little challenging. And I'm like, okay, like, all these black people are coming here. And I loved it. I loved, like, seeing the streets flooded with, like, black women riding their bikes through the community, black guys jogging and stuff like that. And it really taught me that the kind of things I saw people doing, they were comfortable here. You know right. I mean? And I think that that speaks, like when you see someone riding a bike around a community, that, that just speaks to a different level of comfort. You right. Know? Um, of feeling safe and secure, like jogging. You know, those are things that you're out there potentially isolated, running through different neighborhoods. Um, and so, like, I just, I love that I saw, you know, these black um, groups on Facebook, like, starts to pop up, um, get in contact with a lady, uh, 
Shout out to the Black Freedom Colony. What she does, she finds safe spaces for Black people outside the United States. Um, her name is Tanisha, and she had a colony in Morocco, but couldn't get to Morocco because of COVID. And so she had a colony, but a colony here, and so had a whole apartment full of Black people living you know, and even children living, learning Spanish. Um, and it was like so crazy because I spent a few days living with them um, in this apartment complex and it's like 30 different units. So it's like tons of black people. And like to hear black children play in the pool while speaking Spanish was like one of those things for me that's like, wow, this is going to change the landscape of their life forever. And oh, ever yeah. Know it. You know, and it's like those moments were like, so it still felt like there was community here, but also like, like an, almost a movement, you know, that was just so powerful. And that's why I'm very, like, I've seen these these comments about uh, Tulum is a new Atlanta or, or Tulum's a new Miami, and I, I really don't care for them because, one, I just think it's, it's, it's like, why can't we celebrate, one, that all these black people have passports? Like, that's, let's start there. That's something to say. That's real. Like, that, and then to have the ability to leave the country and then see, like, even through the risk of COVID, even through the risk of all those other things, still making a decision to say, we're going to invest in ourselves and be cultured. Right. You know? And so instead of, you know, making it a negative connotation, why are we not celebrating that? Um, and so I'm not a big fan of those memes, so don't send them to me if you see them. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I also see the work that's being done. I'm seeing the communities and relationships that are being built because there are black people in Tulum. And I'm also seeing how the community are, are, is open to that, you know, because we've been in a lot of places where people don't want us. That's very true. You know, and so to go to a place and be welcome and people embracing us and saying, okay, not only are you coming, but you're spending your dollars so much that in our top restaurants, we're going to play your music. Right. That's, that's, that doesn't even happen in the United States. And they're not going to be hollering so, at you about hopping off the tables correct. for twerking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and so like that's that's been the that's been part of my experience, and I think like that was one of the most amazing experiences for me. It was like I heard kids playing Marco Polo, and they did the countdown in Spanish, right. and I was like, oh my god, these kids are like, and then they're going to go back to their schools once schools back open up right in another year or two or encounter their teachers and be like I lived in Tulum and like just the landscape of knowing that there's possibility outside of United States and having that on their belt as as five six seven eight ten year olds like that's going to change their life forever um and so I just love that that's happening here and being able to be a part of it um, being able to be seen as one of the revolutionaries who came and started the whole thing is amazing and to continue to see like the work that's going to be done here in Tulum um, because I don't think Tulum's going anywhere and I think a lot of black people are now realizing that you can come here and your dollar will stretch and what you're struggling for, struggling to have in the United States you can have here with ease um, and especially if you're not if you can work remote, then why not do it? So it's been it's been a great transformation for me, uh, and I'm just anxious to see you know how things develop even from six months from now. 
I think that you really helped to to color in a lot of the to add to contextualize like what Tulum actually means because I think a lot of times we do see we only see the glitz and the glam and you know like how we do like scrolling through the gram and and getting getting the flicks off and and making sure that it it looks uh, you know, aesthetically appealing um, is is where the focus is. So you don't see like the to your point, the generational change that's occurring by and how people are leveraging this opportunity, not only for a quick getaway, but to impact the lives of their chi- of their kids, to make them more cultured, to make them more accepting of other people and to introduce them to a more diverse way of way of living. So I really appreciate that that context. I'm really intrigued by the idea of creating a colony and having and initially (laughs) I was thinking that she just had like a big studio apartment and just like a gang of people living in there but it sounds like it was like a 30 unit building where she had just organized people living there how how long like how how many colonies exist for uh for Tanisha so um right now she has the one here to my knowledge um, and then she's going to transition from here, I think, uh, back to Morocco, I think in February. Um, and I, I still think there's work to be done here. So, Tanisha, if you hear this, I'm encourage you to still do the work here. You know, one of the things that, one of the challenges that she has with being in Tulum is one, is that we sometimes bring our American mindset, right? Tulum, Mexico is still a third world country. So you have to realize there are challenges that we don't have in the United States. I, Wi-Fi, I, cell phone use. And so I think sometimes that that became a challenge for her here, for some of her people, because they needed to still be able to work and they couldn't deal with the Wi-Fi going out. I tell people there's power outages in Tulum. That happens very frequently because Tulum is growing so it's growing faster than its infrastructure, and so these are things that do need to be corrected and are going to be corrected um, for Tulum to sustain itself. But it's also uh, it's a process, um, and I think sometimes we have to move outside of our American philosophies and convenience to realize that these there are moments that are bigger than us if we allow ourselves to really dive in and experience them. Um, so, Tanisha, I think you should continue to work. Go ahead and regroup, lick your wounds. Um, but I definitely think there is still some work to be done in Tulum. But I know that she's going to uh, Morocco next. Okay, that's that's dope. I I really I really love hearing that and just the the way of thinking to bring that to light. Um, just as a, a bit of housekeeping, I've got a couple more questions for you, and then I'd like to open it up for questions. I know people have have questions about Tulum and just trying to figure out how best to to make that happen. Um, but before we get to that, my my last two questions. Well, question one of my last two is: You mentioned that you've gone to Jamaica, you've gone to Guatemala as well. How has traveling from Mexico been in comparison to traveling from the States? So I got to go to the ghetto every time I leave Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, every time I leave, I end up going through the States because most of the flights are uh, through the States. So I have to always go through the ghetto. So, you know, which actually has worked out in my favor because most places require you to get a COVID test. Okay. So I just go to the States, get my COVID test and then fly out from the States. Um, Cause I can get COVID tests for free in the States where getting COVID tests down here is a little more challenging. So ah, okay. It's, it's, it's worked out. Um, yeah. Cause they're not, they don't require a negative test to get into Mexico. Correct. 
Mexico don't require anything but a passport right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> you might get through without that, depending on, you know. <laughs> oh, man. But you don't, you don't feel, like, that doesn't make you feel any way? Like, you're, like, you feel like there's, they're taking precautions? Because I will say, for me, like, DR was like that, where they didn't, it, they didn't require a negative test to entry or for entry. But at the same time, they would 1,000%, like, they were thermal gunning you everywhere they were hand sanitizing you there were mask mandates every everywhere else i have a question for you yep what did the u.s require you to, to do to get back in message that is a very fair push <laughs> that's a very fair that's a very fair push <laughs> yeah they, they didn't do anything i i voluntarily went to get uh get covid tested before and after yeah, the U.S. I mean, like it, it, the thing that the thing that's funny to me, um, and it's an idea, and I don't understand how us as Black people see it this way because we are our experience has been totally different than everyone, right? But this is the idea that everything American is great, you know, or, or the right way, and I'm like, people are like, yeah, Mexico don't even allow you, to, you don't even have to do anything. And I'm like, what do you need to do to get in America? Nothing. Like I've come in and out of the states, and no questions asked. Right. Even going to a third world country, right? Even now, with the CDC saying do not go to Mexico and has a uh, alert for. I'm going to fly back in on on Tuesday into Pennsylvania, who say you have to have a COVID test and be able to go straight to my mom's house with no issue. So, like, <laughs> it's and to me, as someone who thinks we're in the middle of a pandemic. I would think the borders would be the first thing that you would not control, right? Right. But that's 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 not happening. So I mean, um, a pandemic, you don't have to control the borders, but general xenophobia and racism, why not? Like, let's build a wall. Right, Who correct. cares? Correct. That's that's a good that's a good that's a good push, man. So it was. <laughs> so typically, you'll go back to Pennsylvania and then fly to wherever, or are you just going to like California and then flying flying wherever. It, it depends on where I'm going, um, you know, so like, because when I was going to Jamaica, I just went to Florida, and then um, for Guatemala, I was actually coming back from visiting my mom for her uh, 70th birthday, so okay. I already had my test and everything. So happy that was birthday, mom. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> That's dope, man. Okay, so my, my second question before we open it up for questions are, you know, you've been in, you've been blowing up on the on ig man and so like you've been coming with like with the heat as far as like the fire flicks you i feel like every time i look i'm like damn i gotta step up my game because because john out here flexing on me so it's like not a competition <laughs> <laughs> no i know but iron sharpens iron so you know what i'm saying as, iron. yeah iron sharpens iron brother so as you as you know as you getting out i'm like okay cool like i need to check this out um and i would say that being facetious but yeah, yeah no how do you what if you can give and this was a, a question that I got prior to I don't see her in here but can you talk about how you go about getting the perfect picture when you are traveling to you know the Guatemalas all the amazing backdrops in in Tulum and and in Mexico going to Jamaica etc like what is your thought process when you're balanced and when you're planning out your trip and you're like okay I need to get the flicks here but like at the same time like I also want to enjoy myself yeah, so, like, I mean, I do a lot of research. Um, you know, I, you know, with the gift and curse of the Instagram algorithm is that it only shows me travel. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I, get to, I get to grab inspiration from other travelers and see what they did, how they do it. Um, 
I am such a creative that I just hate to be this. Like, I'm not that person that's going to take the same picture everybody else take. Everybody in that mom, no offense to anyone who has this picture, is, is standing on the little stool, holding the Louvre with their finger. Everybody's doing the same thing with the pyramids. You know, like, and that's cool if that's what you want to do. But for me, like, I always look on how can I make something old new again? Um, because I also look at what is being reposted. And part of being a content creator is you want to create stuff that um, is fresh and that people are be like, wow, I didn't even know that that existed or that perspective of that particular thing, right? Definitely. And so I always kind of study and see what people are doing and then see what I can do that's going to be a contrast um, or what I can do that's going to and, and uh, heighten what they're doing, take it to the next level. Um, so that's kind of like how I do it. Then I look at color schemes, um, everything from like, maybe what the country's colors are or flats colors are just you know i look at all those landscapes and then kind of just like figure it out see what fits i have that match order things that that match will go with a particular color scheme but to be really honest this year has been such an anomaly because all my stuff that's gone viral this year um with the exception of maybe like two things were not planned they were just moments that happen totally organic right um, it's crazy how it happens like that right and like so for example like that bathtub picture that kind of like that that went viral right that i was not had any intentions and even i went there for a meeting i was there for a business meeting one of my homegirls was at casa marca i was like yo i have a business meeting at casa marca they charge 150 to get in so if anybody wants to know how much it is to get in Pablo escobar i was like they charge 150 um so if you come with me for the meeting, you can get in for free and take pictures. She was like, bet. So she had her and one of my other friends. So they came, and while I was in the meeting, they get all the pictures for free content. And so she had was sitting at the bathtub, and she's like, I like this bathtub picture, but I really think I should be naked. And I was like, well, then get naked. <laughs> <laughs> Solid advice. Solid advice. And so she was like, I was like, but we'll do it tastefully. And I was like, there's this leaf behind you. I pulled the leaf out of the ground. I was like... I'm going to put this in front of your chest so, like, it shows that you're naked, but it's still, like, it's not... You're still covered up, yeah. And so, right, right. So I took the picture, and as I'm taking this picture, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this picture is fire. I need it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So it looks like I'm naked, but I have on swimming trunks, so if you zoom, zoom, zoom in really close, right? like, I just had bowled up my trunk so far up that you couldn't even see (laughs) them and and took that picture. But that day was not I was literally there for a business meeting. I was not there for content. And then that pic was like everywhere. Um like even my Black Lives Matter video, which like That's the one that went crazy. Bruh, like that was not planned. That that robe was Sid's robe. Yeah, yeah. So Sid was like, you can wear it and I was like, cool. And they had already dropped the pic with him and Ebony. Right. With him with the robe. And so I'm like, well I'm not how am I going to come back behind that? Like, exactly. There's nothing, there's not a picture that's going to come behind that. And so I was like thinking like, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And so I came up with the idea of falling backwards into the pool. And even when I did that, I still hadn't, didn't have a finished product. Right. And no one knew what it was going to, no one knew what it was going to be. We were just like, okay, we just going to take these videos. So we took these videos and then once I get the videos, I put them together. And then with that song and I think with the, the caption, it just, like, took it to another level, man. That now, caption was, was like, powerful, brother. 
man, it's it's crazy. It was so crazy because I'm here right now with a lady from one of the Forbes contributor, and I was just talking to her about just content, and she was like, "Yeah, I saw this this video. This guy had this Black Lives Matter thing." <laughs> You're like, "Nice to meet you." And I was like, "That's me." She was like, "Oh my god, that is." <laughs> so like, it's crazy. I'm very chill. I'm not like, look at me kind of thing or like, I'm this great content creator. But it's also nice to know to be recognized and create something in the community. Someone told me I could get a check for it. So I'm investigating this check. Because um, it was like, if you hit a million on TikTok, you can get a check. I'm like, let me find out if they, they owe me some money. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Legit though, bro. Like that, that content, TikTok is like the new frontier, I feel like. And shout out to uh broke ass girl travel because she she had a she posted a video on it i can send it to you where she was it's like once you hit it, the algorithm is weird but they they definitely are are like giving uh checks for like every ten thousand views or every thousand views or something like that so there's there is definitely uh some some money there but it's crazy how those how the how the viral videos and the viral content is are the things that you just don't expect I was having a, a conversation the other day. It was like I had shot some stuff down in uh, down in DR where I was like, I was certain that it was just going to go go crazy. It did nothing. And then there's like little videos that you're just putting together to your point, like kind of not scrap content, but just content where you don't really know what you're going to do with it. You kind of freak it a little bit and then it pops. It's like, boom. Same thing. Like, I, I don't know if you saw the picture where I'm in like the like a jungle and it's a this little house. Like that, that yeah. picture, uh, they call it the they call it the Brawley House. One cool thing about that picture, um, that house is actually designed by a black man. Oh, so cool. if you ever visit Aha, which is the hotel in front of that statue, that whole, whole hotel was designed and engineered by a black man. His name is Ronaldo. So cool little fact about some black history in Tulum. How do you spell it? Uh, uh, it's spelled A H A U. Okay. Yeah. And so um, that picture itself, like that picture came because I was going to the Jungle Gym that day and I was going to record Jungle Gym content. And so I did that and then left and then I accidentally walked into the house by accident. Like, oh, here's that house. Right. Took that picture and that joint went viral. I'm like, it's just a house. (laughs) (laughs) Don't question it, man. No question. Take Take the viral content. This is what I say, man. This is why I tell people, like, pursue your passion, right? You know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. Method. And Amen. I think sometimes as content creators, we're always, there is a competitive nature about it, you know, because you see someone going off, like, okay, that, that makes me want to go harder. Right. But there's also a thing of just being unique to what you have to offer. Absolutely. And I think this year has showed me, like, me just being in my lane, being myself, not worried about numbers has gotten me where I am now, where it's just like, wow, this is really blown up. Um, and so I'm just grateful. Cause like you said, you never know, you could do something. You're like, this is going to be fire. Like, here's the crazy thing. I recorded my jungle gym video once with this white chick at the jungle gym. Right. And it did nothing. And then I re-recorded it again with Ebony <laughs> and that joint 
was this featured on Unique Hotels. I'm like, this is not even a hotel video. Right. Like, it, it, it did 500,000 on Unique Hotels. Like, That's bro, crazy. Like, it's not even... <laughs> so it's just about staying true to who you are, man, and finding your lane, you know? The thing, the reason me and Sam's relationship works so great is that we're not trying to be each other. Exactly, you know? yeah. We, cheat, we push each other. We're, we're competitive from the standpoint that we will push each other, we'll throw ideas at each other, and we'll sharpen each other, but we're not trying to be each other. We're exactly. We're two different people. We travel very similar in style but you know that's that's it you know and so find your lane do it run with it and be your unique self because that's the only thing that's not taken is you exactly man exactly i gotta i'm still i still gotta i know we've we've missed a couple times during during quarantine so i still gotta pull up on one of these one of these group trips that y'all that y'all be having Yes. <laughs> I got one more question, and then we're gonna open it up for for uh, questions from the from the audience. And this is a quick one: Have you retired the speedo or no? <laughs> so you know the funny thing is, I want to retire the speedo, but there's still demand for it. <laughs> <laughs> so the speedo, the, the the red speedo, I think. I, I I don't know, man. It's it's retired for now, but you know, people have been asking about it, so it may have to make you know do a comeback tour. <laughs> hey, man, you got you got to give the people what they want, man. You know the funny thing about that speedo? That speedo was bought in Italy because come on, flex. I, I was out I was out somewhere and forgot to bring underwear, so <laughs> I couldn't find any underwear, <laughs> and so I found this little store that had like speedos and stuff and I was like okay this is cool I'm just going to buy these and put this on and literally that's the only reason I even bought that speedo and now it's become it, 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 it should have its own IG <laughs> <laughs> hey that's an idea right there man that's an idea <laughs> The red speedo. Oh man! So <laughs> That's I don't know if there if there are any questions from the crowd. Um, you know, just raise your hand. There is an icon at the bottom of the screen. If you raise your hand, then we can bring you up to the to the stage, and you can ask your question. Yo, this is so crazy! It's like literally my first time on Clubhouse, so like seeing how all this works. Is it divine? Divine or divine? Oh, let me try to bring it to the stage. It is divine. Divine. Okay. Divine. That picture's divine. Thank you. Yes, that picture's divine. Thanks. So I'm just scrolling, you know, looking through Clubhouse, and I come across this, and I just so happen to be leaving in the morning to come. Oh, man. That's serendipitous. (laughs) Right on time, right? So I guess what I want to know, you know, I'm, I'm just there for four days, just a little quick getaway trip before the new year and the holidays, and... You know, places to eat and, um, you know, aside from the, the two, you know, usuals, the, you know, Rosa and, and Taboo, you know, what, what are what are some must-have um, places that I, that I need to check out and places to eat? And also, um, would you recommend car rental? So... Uh, I'll give you a few, I'll give you a few nuggets because I typically charge for my nuggets. You know, this is a business for me since I'm unemployed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I say yes for the car. The average the average cost of a taxi from Cancun to Tulum is about a hundred dollars round trip. So if you get a rental car for fifteen dollars, right, it's it's paid for itself just going one way. 
Um, even if you decided not to drive in Tulum, at least driving it to Tulum and then back to Cancun, I think it would be worth your money. Okay. So and then restaurants and the other the other hot spots? What say you, John? As far as other places to eat, write these down. So Trace Galeones, T R E S and then Galeones, G A L E O N E S, three ships. Um, that's an amazing spot. That's like my spot is my little taco spot. It's not a hole in the wall, but it's very like um, just very nice. It's unassuming because there's a tree that's growing out in front of it. Uh, but the food there is slamming, the service is good, and it's not very, very expensive. It's not on the beachfront. Um, it's actually in downtown Tulum. Um, another place to go is uh, an Italian restaurant called Posada Margarita. It it almost reminds me of like if you of walking on a Disney set, but in all of the like charming ways, not in all of the like kid ways. <laughs> mm. And so like it's been there, it's been in Tulum for about twenty plus years, but it's right off the beach. It, their menu has never changed. Uh, the owner is one of the waiters there. The gelato there is slamming, but it's just a very, like, true, authentic Italian restaurant. Mm. So one of the things you'll notice when you come to Tulum, Tulum has a lot of Italian uh, influence, and that's because the Italians actually discovered Tulum. They came here before, actually, Mexicans were coming to Tulum because uh, it was just a jungle. So they came here and set up shops. So you'll find a lot of, like, pizza places, pasta, gelato. You'll see a lot of that in Tulum. Um what was that? What margarita? What was the name of it? Uh, Posada Margarita. Okay. Yes, Posada Margarita. Um, Casta Jaguar is another good place. That's C-A-S-A, Jaguar. Um, they have really good food, and that's going to be on the beach side. And so is Posada Margarita is on the beach side, but it's towards the end of the beach. Okay. Yep. Perfect. And was that was that all your questions? Did I answer all your questions? Look, do you um, have a yacht? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I went to Cancun a couple of months ago and did the yacht gotcha. thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Cool, cool. You always got to get a boat day in when you're near a body of water, listen, though. So listen, 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 listen. <laughs> well, John, I appreciate the time, brother. Tell the people where they can find you. So uh, I'm the John Robert. That's T H E J O N Robert. Um, basically on all platforms. So Facebook. Uh, I think somebody may have had the nerve. No, I have D. John Robert on here too. I think. Do I? Yeah, you you are you are. Everybody's new to Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. I got D. John Robert here. I'm D. John Robert on Instagram, book, Twitter. Uh, but if you really want to get in contact with me, I'm always on IG. Don't look for me on those other platforms. Uh, DJohnRobert.com is also a place you can find me. Anyone who's been to Tulum already or going, if you have amazing pictures. I just started my new uh, baby. It's called Melanin Tulum. Uh, one of the things I found with Tulum is that if you look at all the Tulum pages, they have blonde hair girls, and that's it. Uh, they don't even have people who are Spanish, you know, <laughs> uh, on the pages. And so I wanted black and brown people to be represented in this space because we're here. So Melanin Tulum, tag me in your best shot. You may be reposted. Awesome, awesome. And you guys can follow us. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the Travel Guys podcast, please do so. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow me at GQ50. 
at the travel guides on Instagram and on TikTok. And thank you, John. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, bro. You know that's what we do. Absolutely, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pull up to Tulum. I think you changed my mind on it. I might. I need to come in. I need. I need the behind the scenes uh, version the of Tulum. Behind the scenes, man. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't let these people talk about Miami for you. <laughs> well, sounds those good. Without, those are people without the passports, we ain't even been here. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt. No. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Look, close the shade. I love it. Well, we appreciate y'all for uh, for jumping in here. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Thanks for listening.